Welcome back to Recalibre Agency. I'm honored today to be joined by a good friend of mine, Sarah Perry. She is the Senior Marketing Director at Third Angle. And today we're going to be talking about tools and tech stacks. So we're going to talk a little bit about ClickUp and a bunch of other project management tools and Airtable and other databasing kinds of tools and in general, other useful tools for operating your marketing agency. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, other than just being a lover of tools in general, I really just, I love eating up every type of just marketing information. I'm a big nerd at heart. Star Wars t-shirt kind of says it all. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I've loved marketing for so many years and it's just fun to kind of play around with tech tools and stuff and tech stacks. Has that always been something that you've dug into even before you worked at marketing agencies? Yes. <laughs> Any tool that I've ever had to learn, I ended up being the like go-to person. Like, yeah, how did you do that? Because I inevitably just get my hands dirty, you know, kinesthetic learning style. Just get muddy and let's break stuff and see how it works. Absolutely. Now, because of that, you have used a lot of different project management tools and databasing tools and time tracking tools and any other kind of tool that you could possibly think of. And I really want to hear your experiences with different tools, sharing some of your reasoning for why you've landed on certain tools that you're using now. And so I'm really just going to kind of toss the baton over to you to share. We can start with maybe like project management tools. Can you share some of the tools you've used, why you like the tool you've landed on, some of the features that you've looked for over time? Just give us all those juicy details. Yeah. Okay. So project management tools. Yeah. Shiny object syndrome is real. And I definitely have moved across a bunch of different um, platforms. And I'm just really glad that my team has kind of just work with me on it. But overall, we've tried a lot of different tools. And one of the first ones we've tried was a, just a very obscure tool that I tried to even find the name of and I, I couldn't even. But it was so overbloated and so complicated. It was like, why are, why do we have to learn another language just to project management? So from there, we ended up finding Trello. And Trello was, was really great for a while, especially with that like Kanban style, basically, you know, it turned our literal sticky notes to digital, which was great, but we kind of found the limitations of that. And a lot of that was just straight up recurring tasks. Since we do a lot of uh, maintenance for our clients, uh, like on their website and stuff like that in general, we have a lot of things that just like come up like SSL security certificates, they come up every year. We don't want to forget them and get the thing from our clients saying, hey, the website's down. Not a good sign. So a lot of those recurring tasks, what really led us to our next tool, which was Asana. And Asana will always have a a love in my heart. Asana is definitely the one that holds my heart for sure. It's so hard not to love Asana. And if they had just like a few other features, I'd probably come running back, you know, like, like a bad, you know, relationship. But Asana, I will say, like for task management and just straight up keeping like things in a place that is digital and not just in a weird notebook. Perfect. And it just the, the little, the little like unicorns and narwhals flying across the screen when you check things off. Absolutely love. Like every single program needs to have those. Just anyway. 
But where Asana really came into play, that was just hard for us to kind of figure out how to do it without using a whole bunch of other tools was organizing our projects all in like one place. And that included the task management side, a bit of the time tracking and a bit of the actual budget tracking for the project. So that led us to teamwork. And we've used teamwork two separate times. The first time we used it, we didn't know what we were doing. And we went, it was like teamwork, Asana, teamwork, Asana, back and forth. And for the past couple of years, we used teamwork, which has been really great. I, I love teamwork. The biggest hurdle that my team encountered, because they are not like me that wants to go diving in. It's hard to just use from a user end standpoint. It can be not the prettiest on the front end, and it's not real obvious where things hide. So my team would get super lost on where things go, how they did this certain thing, because instead of being what should be a two or three step process, it was like a seven or eight step process. And um, while, yes, the budgeting for projects was super nice, it it was like just enough to kind of get stuff in there, but annoying that it didn't have like the extra tidbit there, you know? So when the pandemic hit, oddly enough, we had already been kind of preparing to go a lot more digital and remote just um, because I was going to go on maternity leave. So right around before the pandemic, like right around the pandemic started, I was just coming out of maternity. They just walked into the office basically to go, okay, we're closed again. <laughs> and that's when I found stumbled upon ClickUp. And that is the uh, one that we're on now. And I've got to say, they're really good. They're making a lot of headway on different parts and pieces that I feel like they're listening to their clients. So it's pretty to look at. Can it be completely overwhelming? Oh, Lord, Yes. If you really just kind of strip it back and try not to turn everything that's cool on in there, you can really create the actual like bits and bobs that you need. And because it's so flexible, we can really get a lot of stuff in there that we didn't have in there. We had stuff in docs and sheets. So it's really the whole all-in-one thing is really where it came to be. And same thing with time tracking. It was just, it had like all the things. What are some of the features that you've turned on in Clip? Click up versus left off in order to keep it in a stripped down, but very functional form. Yeah. So big major one was time tracking. We're not necessarily time-based phrasing, but at the same time, it's it's just that tracking for efficiency. We've got a few very minutiae projects that it's just, they have to be time tracked, but it's just great for review. So the time tracking we have turned on, we did not turn on um, anything related to like sprints or agile um, type project management. That is such an aspirational thing. I'd love to wrap my head around. I'm just not there yet. <laughs> so that has been completely turned off. Um, and we had, you really didn't use the docs um, feature within ClickUp for a long time until just recently. We've started using it a little bit on the sales side for our sales file that we have in there just to make notes during calls and stuff like that. So again, we're not having 9 million pieces of paper everywhere. It's at least put in one spot. And I'm, I'm blanking on what other features that we have turned off, but we only really turned on a couple to just get us going. And I know we're going to turn on more as we go. <laughs> sure. Do you have one person at your agency that owns the project management tool, basically, and facilitates the, the data cleanliness and making sure everything's in its proper place and nothing gets lost or 
at least as many things as possible don't get lost, you know? Is that how you structure organization and managing? For the most part, I would say it's kind of like the U.S. government. We have checks and balances. <laughs> I definitely am kind of the one point for it all. I will make sure all the projects are in there, all the tasks are right. I come back around. I have certain things set up where my team will complete things, but not close things. So I can go back through and make sure, okay, cool. Let me follow up on this. And I send a note. But my team, they are really good at going, hey, you haven't done this. Should we push this out? <laughs> so really good with checks and balances. And some of our team is on the platform and some of them are not quite yet. And that's mainly, it's kind of a slow rollout because they, the one team member and I are just very in and out, in and out, in and out all day long. Whereas our another team member, they don't really need to be on there except for like once in a while. So we've just opted to not have them on the platform yet until we can really say everything's built the way we want it to be. Uh And that makes sense, especially when you're trying to not make a ton of changes that they have to learn and relearn. And that just becomes frustrating. So I like that approach. And something interesting also that I know you do in ClickUp is manage your sales pipeline there. Can you tell us a little bit about your logic behind that decision? Yes. So there is no perfect tool. And that is a hard lesson I have learned more than once. Uh, (laughs) And while I love the idea of a real robust CRM, yeah, I just, I just, I'm not there yet. So when I decided to, okay, folks, we're going with ClickUp, going down and out of the train. We're not, we're not getting off anymore. It was, okay, how do I track this stuff while keeping it in the same place? Because what I've discovered about my team is we're not a, um, let's build a really cool tall stack of tools. Let's find as few as we need to or integrate to other tools that, you know, we already use and already know. So when it was ClickUp and with how just flexible ClickUp is, I was able to create the exact kind of just flow and views and checks and balances for that. So like one view I just have for all of our sales this year, what stage they're in. Then I have another view that's basically all my sales ta- ta- tasks that I need to get done. Send this email here, make this proposal there. And then I have a, a separate tab that's all for previous years. So if I do want to look back, I can go there, which is really great for history and everything. And since there's different views as well, you can do the Kanban um, and click up. We do, I've used that a little bit as well, but because it's so customizable, that's why I have it in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the mindset of having your sales funnel as projects that you're managing because that's the only way to keep moving prospects down the funnel. And oftentimes with big CRMs, they become more like, data repositories than they do actually a functional system to move a prospect down the funnel effectively. Not all, not some, and it really does largely depend on how the business is using it and how the team members are operating within that context of the tool. And so kind of segueing into, I do want to come back to some other tools, but for a moment, can we talk a little bit about how much of agency success with tools is based off of the tool versus the actual human behavior behind the tool? What do you think? Tools are great. Tools can really help things. You know, it's 
like trying to chip away concrete with a hammer versus a jackhammer. One of them's going to get done more. It's a better tool. But if you don't know how to use a jackhammer, you're going to go bad, you know. So it's better to potentially use the, the little hammer. So I think tools play a part in it. But I think ultimately it comes down to the team. And that is a lesson that, like I said before, is I've had to learn it a few times in a row. <laughs> it all comes down to the system. You know, it's no matter what program you use, what is your system you're trying to implement and everything? Because at the end of the day, you could have this beautiful, robust, amazing, do-it-all program. But if you have it, literally no system, no workflow or anything of how things are supposed to work. It's just still a hot mess. What are some of the structures that you've put in place to prevent your tools from becoming what you call a hot mess? So what I do is we have a lot of a lot of various standard operating procedures because of the uniqueness of the company since we have the digital and the print. Uh, side of the house. So we essentially start off with just making an SOP, you know, creating what is the process that just needs to get done? What are the major highlights that are like the milestones? This comes into play a lot when we build a website, you know, what are like, you know, the 10 different things that regardless of whatever site it is, big, small or whatever, they have to get done. And then from there, it's okay. How does that work out? Is it like a waterfall type of thing? Is it, you know, just date-based where this needs to get done by this point and we need to backtrack it, you know? Once we have that information, then it's like, okay, let's put it into the system. You know, so we kind of build it outside of it and we kind of do iterations of. So that way it's a bit more organic, but it's not like we're trying to create the entire full system. We're just, what's the minimum viable, you know, process? And we put it in there and then we iterate. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes that process of iterating and evaluating and making tweaks to your tools will help you evaluate, do we actually need to switch tools? Is it actually mm -hmm. time to invest in something new, absorb the costs of switching? What do you do to decide whether or not it's time to switch to something new or if you need to just hang on to what you have and make it work the best you can? Because as you said before, there really is no perfect tool. So how do you evaluate those uh, those choices? So the biggest the biggest determinator that we that my team and I has kind of come into play is the time step level. When you are just cause you're, you're creating more of a problem just trying to figure out what to do and you're creating just, you're spending way more time than you need to just explaining a lot of the same same things over and over. Then there's some merit there to be like, okay, the tool might not be great. You know, it works for one particular person really well and not another really well. And learning kind of the individuals and how they best work, I think has been a really kind of like secret nugget that I've come across because depending on the person's personality, they're going to want it a different way. A great example of this is within ClickUp, there's different ways you can set up your left bar. And I run it one way. I like seeing a lot of things because I just quickly click on it. One of my employees is, they get overwhelmed. You know, they're like, no, just let me see one section. And that's what I want to see. And it's, it's really important to listen to those little tiny just tidbits because 
when you look for a different software or if you're using a software and that doesn't offer that solution to make their lives easier and ultimately the better uh, business better, then that's kind of, you know, you just need to kind of be open to that. Yeah, you're creating an environment for them to operate in. So yeah. just as you would be mindful of a physical environment that your employees were mm -hmm. working in, you need to be mindful of the digital environment that your team is having to navigate and work in. And, and what does that do to impact how they're operating and, and how they approach things, too? Because everyone works differently, and that's just a fact of humanity. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, little tiny things of I'm a lover of Gantt charts, mainly because I love seeing, okay, here's all the little do do all the way down. Is anyone else in the business going to ever look at that? No, probably not. But I have to have that in some projects just for me and my sanity. Whereas I know, you know, one person, they like seeing tasks and they're grouped in what stage are they in in the task, you know, versus another one. I just want to see what priority, you know, my tasks are. Perfect. And if a place has that, then that's great. You know, and that's where I somewhat agree with the statement of making a system standardized across. Yes, there are some things that are standard no matter who uses it, but individualized. And I think that if a platform can do that, that's where it's like gold. And that's kind of why ClickUp has been great for us is it can be individualized so easily and still present the same information. Absolutely. I'm in the same boat. I'm really hesitant to recommend one tool for everyone and for every agency mm -hmm. because different agencies, different teams, different individuals need different features and structures and ways of going about managing their digital environment. And to that point, there's a lot of other tools beyond project management that agencies are grappling with. You have, you know, data management tools and CRMs, yes, you have payment processors, you have even like website feedback tools. What are some other useful tools that you've found for operating Third Angle? So our other tool that I just, again, stumbled upon, just thank you to all of the retargeting marketing uh, that's happening. It's basically it's working for me. <laughs> is Airtable. And Airtable is essentially if Microsoft Access and Excel had a love child. And it's just a nice mix because if anyone has ever worked in Microsoft Access, if you like it, good on you. No, for me. <laughs> but we need a database. And that hit that, gosh, was a struggle for so many years because we ran it in Google Sheets for forever. But trying to organize it and just filter data was just horrible. And when we finally came across Airtable, that is where I guess you could kind of say our CRM, really its client database just lives because we have information from both sides of the house, as we call it. We have the print side, which that has its own separate software. It, no matter what, it's going to have it. And then the digital side of the house, which is mainly using like, like I said, ClickUp um, and it crosses a little bit, but that Airtable really helps bring the two sides together. And we can have all of our clients do that in one spot because some of them, well, many of them are on both sides of the house. So there's information from both systems that have to talk to each other. <laughs> and in previous years, something as, what should be simple, is getting a address list to mail a Christmas card was like a week long process because we kept having to like, okay, this date is here, this date is here, this is here. And now with Airtable, we can really kind of pull it all together. 
Other tools that we've come across as well is just different time tracking tools. Toggle is kind of, if your basic, your project management tool doesn't have one in, integrated or you need some extra few dads and widgets with your timing, like Toggle, just, yeah. Are there others? Yes. Have I just listened to Toggle, them? yes. yes. Yeah, just, just <laughs> Toggle, okay? Not looking for a sponsorship, Toggle, but yeah. Good bitch. But, and it's so funny because I absolutely love, I love that program. But this week, and I was talking to my team, I was like, okay, how often are you using Toggle? Because I will, I will be straight up to say, I have been very bad with time tracking. I have not used it in like a couple of weeks because it's just been crazy. And I asked my team over and they were like, I haven't either. And I was like, okay, let's just, let's go back down to the free version because we don't have a project that is at the moment really needs that. And we'll just use the integrated feature within ClickUp. And that was just, it's one of those things like, don't be afraid to stop and go on some things, you know, because there's, there's seasons in life as in with business. And right now our season in, in the business doesn't need a big, robust time tracking, just some time tracking here and there just to keep things going and make some assessments. Oh, and two, you over time have changed the way that you bill projects as well. Mm-hmm. So you're not cost-based pricing as much. And so you don't need that robust time tracking as much to your point earlier. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, like I said, mainly time tracking now is just strictly internal. And it's kind of like, oh, how much time did we spend on that project? You know, and it's just kind of like, again, checks and balances on the inside. Absolutely. Which I'm a huge proponent of as at least (laughs) having a semblance of an idea of how much time you're spending on different things. For Which sure. can be so surprising when you check it. You're like, oh my God. Yes. Especially when it comes to like administrative and internal tasks. Because you're like, oh yeah, yeah, like I probably spent like two hours on that. And you add it up and you're like, oh wow, that's like four times as much as it was going to be. We tracked, what was it? Was it 2020? I think it was. I We did six months. We tracked time in 15 minute increments. And we did it on paper because we were like, which is the simplest kiss it, you know, and we did it for six months. And it's kind of the reason we changed our entire tool set and realized that the stuff we had used previously was not working or saving us any time at all. And, you know, doing, I think doing that, you know, at least, you know, every other year, we should be doing it anyway, but periodically doing those time checks, they're important. Yeah. And simplifying things is important as well because sometimes the tools you're using take more time to manage than they're saving you mm-hmm. and i have definitely that when we did that thing it was like wow i'm spending all this time doing all this project management stuff why mm-hmm. yeah absolutely any other advice that you have for agency owners that struggle with shiny squirrel syndrome or are evaluating different tool tool stacks to use in their agency? So when it comes to changing tools, it should be taken like just very seriously. You know, even if no matter how frustrated you are with your current tool, you know, it is it is something that you need to kind of take a look at to say, okay, are we just mad because of this one particular thing or is this a systemic thing? So when when I went out and started looking at tools, and I've done this a few different times now, is essentially just on a whiteboard, a piece of paper, write out, you know, what you need from the tool that 
or tools that you're looking for. You know, you're needing ABC and XYZ, you know, and what are your absolute drop dead must haves, you know, and what are ones that would be like, these are nice, you know, creature comforts. (laughs) And then kind of just being, trying to be as unbiased as possible and not falling in love with something (laughs) for just this one piece over here. And that's, you know, it's, it's one of those like why I still love Asana. It's because the aesthetic of Asana and just the way the program looks, that's huge for me, huge. And I've just realized, you know, over the years, like, okay, I don't care how amazing the software is. If it's ugly, I'm not using it. My team, they could care less. They're like, I don't care if it's ugly. It has all the stuff we need. And that's just one thing that I've realized about myself. But, and they're used to dealing with ugly software on the print side of the house anyways. Yeah. And thank God, by the way, that software finally got updated. So it's pretty now, which of course, you know, is, is totally like the most important thing. But more seriously, you know, it's like the usability of the software, you know, paying attention to, you know, where do you use your software? You know, there are some that, you know, are very mobile first. They're on the road. They're doing things. They're all that on their phones or tablets or just smaller screens. And if if it doesn't work mobily, then yeah, that's, that's not something that you want to look at. And then... Basically, I've just kind of done the matrix chart of, you know, okay, here's, you know, tool one, two, three, four. Okay, does it do this? Check. Does this one? No. You know, and probably just being as objective as possible has really, really helped us. And just asking the critical questions and not being afraid to go to your team and making it a team effort to make the change, I think is really important because a singular person making the decision, yeah, ultimately that's what it should be but it shouldn't be without the voices of the rest of the team that are going to be affected by that choice. Absolutely. It's important to just point out that Sarah has been there where all of you are in struggling to figure out what tools to use. Is there a perfect tool out there? The answer is no. And how to integrate it into the agency so that the team can use it effectively, so that it accomplishes the objectives outlined before even choosing the tool, and so that it's actually making your life easier instead of harder. Now, there's not going to be a perfect tool for any agency or any situation, but how you leverage tools to influence the way that your agency is operating and adapting to the human behavior element of the people on your team is really important. So don't just look at the features of the tools that you're evaluating. Look at who the tool is for. Look at what they need. Ask them questions. Don't be afraid to have those conversations. And avoid shiny squirrel syndrome as much as you possibly can. Set boundaries in place for yourself if that is a big struggle that you have. And determine, okay, is this actually something that I need? Or am I having pains that I would have with any other tool as well? That's all for today's episode of Recalibrate Agency. I'm your host, Danielle Fodos. Cheers till next time.